A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. COVID-19 patients need your help. If you've fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds. And while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back. Season two of Confessions of a Marketer is in full swing. On episode 30, I've got Beth Comstock back in for part two of our discussion. Her new book, Imagine It Forward, is out now, and Beth shares a couple of planning tricks for marketers from the book, and a bit about the future as well. We'll get to that chat in a moment. First, a look at what we have coming up next week. We've got Scott Monty joining us. We'll talk about the need for more corporate empathy, and we get a reading of a little poem he wrote about it. Lots more in the weeks ahead. Jacques Niekerk, Matt Solari, Duncan Chappell, Peter Horst, and a cast of thousands. So stay tuned. Short episode this week, so let's get back to our discussion with Beth Comstock. In her book, she shares her process for 3D budgeting as a tool for planning. Plus, we hear a bit about what she sees in the future. Let's get to it. Planning is maybe one of the biggest challenges for a CMO. Yet it's, I think, an area that can lay the groundwork for, you know, huge wins for a company. And I can't count the number of times I've been in a CMO's office with a whiteboard and we've got all of our priorities and we leave the office not really knowing what we are going to do in the next year. You write about 3D budgeting as a tool for strategic planning. Can you walk me through that and tell me more about it? Yeah, this is one of my favorite tools. Uh, I picked it up from a, b- a business school professor, Viji Govindrajan, out of the Tuck School. I think uh, I think there are other consulting companies that use it. It'll save you a a, a lifetime of student debt <laughs> <laughs> just by taking this, this simple tool. Um, and it's really this idea that um, 70, 20, 10, this notion that 70% of your people, budget, time goes to the core, the now. Uh, this, th- th- this is where most of business happens. Sure. Um, I think most people think you don't need to innovate in the core, but you do. So it's constantly refreshing and keeping those customer relationships fresh and the products fresh. Then 20% goes into what's next. This is where you're able to take uh, existing products to new customers or take new products to existing customers, maybe with new applications. So you're not doing huge innovation. You're, 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 it's really application innovation at this stage. Yeah. Um, but I like to think about 20% of your 
time, people, budget, go here. This is a longer horizon span. This takes a couple, maybe, you know, three to five years to figure out, do we have the right business model? Is the product scaling? And then 10% is in what's new. Mm -hmm. And that's 10% of your people, your time, your budget. That's a longer horizon. And here I think is where it's particularly hard because you need very different kinds of people. These are people who are really good with ambiguity. They're okay testing and learning things at a very small level. These are not your teams that are looking to scale rapidly. They can't because they're still doing many, many early proof of concepts and spending a lot of time in the market understanding trends. So I like that just honestly, I use that even as my own way to think about um, how I plan my budgeting um, with the teams I've worked with. I always make sure I have 10 to 15% of my time on experimentation and innovating the what's new. Um, I think it's just essential. You have to make space for that with your budget, with your people, and with your mind share. That's a good point of view in, on life in general. I think it is. Yeah. Live in the now, but think about the future. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I often say people will, you know, in the, we all have too many things to do and not enough time. <laughs> um, and I, people usually when they're like, yeah, but I, you know, I make room for discovery is just a mantra I love. And I, I, I lived it. I believe it. And people say, I don't have time for that. And I say, how do you not have time for that? Especially if you're a marketer, um, you got to make, you've got to find time to get that 10% and schedule it. I guarantee you have meetings you're going to that you already know the answer to projects you're working on that somebody else can handle. Take that 10%, get out, go find things that contradict your point of view, help you see new trends or maybe even weird. Uh, and then plan to start to act on some of those things with what you see. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. It's almost like the, you know, the Bill Gates mantra about spending at least five hours a week learning something yeah, new. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. And it broadens your horizons and makes the rest of your life and the rest of your professional life all the richer for it. I like the idea of um, also, again, from a marketer's perspective, you lead this as a marketer and bring your team with you. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, what sometimes happens to marketers and marketing innovators is we go and we live in the world and we see these trends and we bring them back and people are like, well, that's good. That's cool. But what do I do with it? Or I didn't see it. So how do I know that's true? So when you take a team together, especially when you can do it with a customer, I've often found that shared experience. One, it's just like good team bonding, but then everybody can kind of take it in from their perspective together. And so you spend less time trying to sell or translate what people have seen. That's wonderful. And a good segue into my final question. Your book is called Imagine It Forward. What do you see as you move forward, as you imagine your future or the future? Well, I wrote Imagine It Forward because uh, I just felt I worked across a lot of industries and one of the biggest companies on earth. And I just feel we need to constantly remind people you have to fight for the future. 
Um, there's a lot of short-termism in the world, and there are reasons for that, and, and we need both. But I feel like the future gets not enough attention, and especially with the pace of change happening now. So to me, I think it's just a dedicated way of planning for business is you also have to make that time, that 30%, if you would do that 20% of what's next, 10% of what's new, you have to do that. You have to push for creative problem solving. So it was just a bit of a... Uh, a chronicling of the journey I saw and uh, a mission statement to say, come on business. Like we have to imagine it forward. You're going to be disrupted in debt if you don't. And so that's a bit of the mission I'm on for, for, for right now as I'm getting the book into the world and, and um, trying to get uh, really the people in the middle of our organizations to give themselves permission to make change, to fight for the future of their organizations and then for me, I'm, uh, I will see where this is a bit of a bridge to what's next for me. Uh, I think I will reenter the business world in a very different way. I, um, I'm using this as a bit of an opportunity to learn different industries, see companies of all sizes, uh, and try to think about what's going to be next for me. Sounds exciting. I hope so. <laughs> well, I encourage everyone out there to pick up Imagine It Forward, a wonderful read. And Beth, I really want to thank you for being here. What a wonderful chat. Thanks for joining me. Great. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for the opportunity. I really want to thank Beth for being my guest. Hope you enjoyed the interview as much as I did. Fascinating person and a really good read. Next week, hopefully on October 3rd, we'll be here with Scott Monty. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer was written, produced, and edited by yours truly. T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Reed Edwards Global Inc. And this episode is copyright 2018. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. You stay home for the greater good. Secondhand smoke doesn't. It drifts through cracks in walls, air vents, and sink drains, spreading toxic chemicals that can damage lungs. Secondhand vape also puts your lungs at risk, even with the fruity smells. Protect yourself and the people around you from these secondhand dangers. Learn how at tobaccofreeca.com.